Right then, but what's occurring? What's occurring? Presented by Brains. Yeah. Do you like Brains? No. Oh, sorry, before you say anything, we'll have to intro. Have you thought of an intro? Yeah. Um, so we got a very special guest, our first female guest. Um, so you should feel very honoured. She'd been on at us for a long time saying, can I come on, can I come on? And we finally gave in. She is got quite the resume. Um, recently promoted a CEO um, of in the Ineos brand and one of own, only two CEOs in the whole of Ineos. So pretty impressive. Welcome, Fran Miller. Thank you, Luke. How many CEOs do Ineos have? Just to uh, put it into... I think there's about 30 of them. So that is pretty impressive then. Yeah. I mean, they're mostly oil and gas and petrochemicals, to be fair. And the other female CEOs of Bellstaff. Okay. So, so the only one, you're an only one in the sporting angle then? Yes. yes. It's pretty cool. Big pay rise as well? Uh, suitable pay rise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a baller. <laughs> um, let's just take it back to the early days then. You've obviously been around the block now in the sport cycling. Um, but just talking to you before, it didn't all start with cycling. Cricket. Yeah, randomly. I wanted to work in sport. Um, I didn't want to go to university. And my um, boyfriend at the time lived in London. So I moved up to London to be with him. And I went and was a PA to a guy who ran a big sports management company. And uh, he bought, it was back in like 1998, 99, when the internet was like quite new. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, and he bought the online rights to Wisdom, the Cricket Almanac. Yeah. And so I worked with him on that kind of, you know, just to helping with press launches and that kind of stuff. And then David won the yellow jersey in the tour, uh, for the first stage of the tour. And um, he was like, why are you working in cricket if your brother's a pro cyclist? And um, I was like, well, because there aren't any jobs in pro cycling. He so said, you should go and manage your brother. So, because you're a shit PA. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. So you managed Dave? Yeah. What I did didn't know that either. Um, how did you not know that? I didn't know that either. No. Are you serious? It's not public knowledge. It's yeah. totally public knowledge. It's like... Absolutely standard. Probably. So you were his agent? I was agent. I was his agent. Negotiate yeah. his contracts? And... Well, he'd already done his contract with Coftis, his yeah. first one. and that was So what happened? He was working with IMG, with Mark B. There and um, Tony Romingo and people like that. Yeah. And they got him on this horrible contract with Coftis. It was like really bra- like bizarrely structured for tax and all kinds of oddness going on. And they were taking like 16%. And right. it was just mad. So he wanted to get out of it. So he, he got himself out of it. And then I took over once he'd renegotiated his new Coffee deal. But yeah, we like, me and James Pope like set up his website, did like a fan site oh. for him. Ah. Um, yeah. So. Did you ever manage any other riders or was it only ever Dave? I did a little bit with G when he was a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby. So this was under face partnership. Yeah, under face, yeah. So I did for like two years, we thought we were going to build this massive athlete management company. So yeah. Stuart Gravy, we were going to do with Aiden Cook. Um, for so, you could have got some that were just a little less crazy. I know. It might have I, taken off. I know. <laughs> like, oh, let's yeah. go with the three maddest <laughs> pros we can think of. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the year. <laughs> They'd have kept you busy then, three, wouldn't yeah. they? And all David's mates are mad as a box of frogs. So, and Jesus. it was them that I had proximity to. But then as we went through, like as we built face, I started to work with like Rebecca Romero. Oh, yeah. G, a lot of the a lot of the GB. That's like we yeah Ed, but we were useless at it. Like we really were useless at it. It was. Can you confirm that? Uh, no, they were, they were decent for, for me. No, but do you remember when I rang you to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to move on, like yeah. try and go with, I don't know who it was at the time. It was someone who was worse. But <laughs> I remember well, me and Ed were proper stressed. We were like, shit, we've got to ring Fran, like, tell her we're going to leave. Because we were quite scared of you as well. Well, we still are a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was tense. Oh, well, you did well. 
I think it was the right decision. Oh, and Cav, I managed Cav. So and I negotiated. I know she, I helped negotiate Cav's deal into Sky, oh, which was okay. weird because I was obviously on Sky. Yeah. So um, and he was working with uh, I can't remember who his lawyer was at the time. But anyway, so I we weren't brilliant athlete management, but we started to do events, and yeah. so we did the Good Friday meeting, and then we set up Revolution, and we were really good at that. Yeah. And so we sort of started to move away from athlete management and do big event stuff. So. And then when you saw Revolution, it flopped. Yeah, well, Revolu- I think Revolution went for, that. I think it was 45 Revolutions, so 13, 14 yeah. years of Rev. And I was then, the first one. Yeah, I know, that's the, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? First Revolution. That's adorable. When was that? November 22nd, 2003. Okay. I'm not sure I did that one then. I I'm not sure one. I did that one either. <laughs> 2003? Yeah. I would have done the Future Stars, but I wouldn't have done that at 13. How old were you? You might I could have, have done. Been. Yeah, you might have done. It was under 16s, I think, Future Stars. Yeah, I always thought I was there. Future stars. Future stars, yeah. It was massive at the time. Though. It was. No, it was, I remember, yeah. Berkey did that. Berkey. It was the first time you got to race in front of a crowd. Well, a crowd of any sort, really. Well, it was like packed, though, wasn't it? It was packed, yeah. Was well, that was the point of it. The point, what, the reason we did it, we were, we were asked to do it, is we did um, the Good Friday meeting in wherever that was, whenever Good Friday was, Hearn April, Hill. at Herne Hill. Yeah. And they hadn't been able to get a crowd for like 500 for years and years and years. And so they asked us to get Dave Wiggins... Uh, Bradley McGee and Stuart O'Grady there to do a four point pursuit mm. and um, David was like well why don't you try and promote it as well and so we were like right we'll get them all there but we've got to, we want to promote it it's like our first ever event I've never even seen a track event come huh. into a track and so um, yes yeah, so we pro- promoted it did really well and then Dave B was there and he was like well I've done a really good job why don't you come up to Manchester we're thinking of doing something at the Velodrome but we want to do in a big international field so that the guys get exposure to international competition a youth development piece so that they get used to riding in front of a big crowd and we want to make sure that it brings a big crowd in because like the Nationals they used to be that dude who played the flute and no one oh it was terrible yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he was famous wasn't he <laughs> yeah. he was great though like yeah. he'd always play like Welsh tune when yeah, we were racing yeah, yeah. and uh, and the victory lap was just simply the best Tina Turner wasn't it <laughs> yeah 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 I remember we were like top Times. of the stands like doing Star Wars weren't we like fighting <laughs> Yeah, back in the day. I remember just going to the velodrome being like, there was like six people and a dude playing the flute. And yeah. I was like, this is a really weird This sport. is a national championship. Yeah. yeah. What is this? At those nationals as well, we used to walk around asking people if we could borrow their disc wheels. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How mad is that? Can you imagine a kid coming up to you, can I borrow your disc wheel? Yeah. No, do one, you little prick. Like. Did anyone ever lend you their disc wheels? Yeah, everyone did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just chopping and changing wheels all over the show. There'll be you... people all over that area now saying, I lent. Garrett Thomas, my disco. Yeah. Yeah. They did until we started crashing, and then. If you crash, it's like, oh, sorry, mate. There's your wheel back. Those were the days. Glory days. So then, how did. So obviously, you met Dave then through that? No, I met Dave through David. So I met Dave B when he started taking over as performance director in like 2000, 2001. Okay. Because he was trying to encourage David to get onto the track for yeah. Athens. And, um, I remember that for Team Pursuit. It, yeah. He gave yeah, it a go. Yeah, yeah, he did. He came, well, he, it all kicked off just as he came and did his first kind of block with GB in 2003. Towards the end of 2003 was when the Coffee scandal kind of all blew up. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, this is not a good idea. And I think David was like, well, I probably need to pull away from this or whatever. And, um, oh no, hang on, it was after, because it, it was after Hamilton he went and did the, yeah, so he won the world. Yeah. Went to, and started to do the track and then Coffee stuff blew up end of 2003, early 2004. So David was like, I'll, I'll withdraw from doing yeah. that because obviously don't want to get everyone in trouble. And yeah, so I'd met Dave in like 2001 or 2000. And um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. And, um, and then, Dave. Yeah, Dave being not at all. Because <laughs> he was so different then. Like he was yeah. a totally different 
person back in those days. Do you like him now? Yeah, I get on with him really well now. Oh, he okay, drives cool. me nuts. He's like a challenge to work for, but he's, yeah, he's, he's cool now. He's, a, he's like a mate now as well, so yeah. yeah. So how did the whole Team Sky thing come about? So my memory of it is I organised a party at the Royal Yacht Club, Royal Thames Yacht Club in Knightsbridge. Uh, on the 2007 Tour de France pro, uh, course, the start in London. Oh, yeah. And I had so, and David was riding for Sonia Duval, you were riding for Barley World, yeah. Bradley was with. FTJ? Cofferdis. Cofferdis. Cofferdis, Cofferdis, yeah. Um, there was another, t- Stevie Cummings was with. Cav T Mobile. And Cav was with T Mobile. Yeah. So there were five British riders. Charlie. Charlie Brigade. Charlie, not Steve, yeah. Yeah, so Charlie Brigade. So there's five British riders, all in different teams. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and Dave and Shane came to the party sort of afterwards, and we were chatting. And they were like, you know, we've been thinking about it and been talking about it for a while. And if we wanted to do a British team, would you be up for helping? And we're going to be really focused on getting ready for Beijing. So we need someone to help sort of project manage it. And I was like, uh, yeah, sounds like a dream job. And so just started helping a bit. I introduced Dave to Simon Mottram at Rafa. Yeah. Who then in turn introduced us to a guy called Tim Ashton, who helped us with all the brand creation. Was Rafa around then? Yeah, 2003 Rafa started. Blimey. Yeah. Didn't even know that. Yeah. No. It was tiny. It had, yeah. I think, had like five or six products in 2003. Oh. Hi, Castro. Hi, Castro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so I introduced him to a few people and then I went and did like meetings with him and we just started building. We The whole idea was to build a brand that we could take to a company and say it's going to be a Tour de France team. Well, actually, it was as much as Dave kind of has reframed this. We were, we were building it with Cav in mind and with the intention of eventually being able to win the Tour you know, five, six, seven, eight years down the line. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was only when Bradley started to do really well in 2009 that we were like, oh, actually, maybe we should try and get Brad. I was going to say, there would have been no one until Brad perked yeah. up there. There was yeah. no one who could no. realistically... So it wasn't how we framed the team. Out of all the original documentation that we did eventually for Sky, is all cab-led. It's all got pictures of Mark in it and everything else. So it was quite a different proposition. Well, good job Brad did that then, because he probably wouldn't have got Sky then. No, well, we had got Sky. So what we did, uh, so we... we I'm just saying, like, cab, I wouldn't... I wouldn't Sign that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. But yeah, so we did. So Dave went off to Beijing. I stayed. Well, so we we spent like I don't know, maybe like eight months building the project, and then Dave went and did the first meeting with Sky as performance director of British Cycling because they were looking for a project for between Beijing and London in the run up to London, and then he I went to the next meeting, and it was like okay, they're definitely going to take the GB Cycling team. Let's talk to them about this Tour de France team. See if they're interested. And Jeremy was super interested and he was like, look, if you can build the business plan, come back to me with what it's going to cost, how are you going to do it, who's going to ride on it, when would you want to start, then I'll give you a letter of intent that says we'll back it if it stacks up. Yeah. So Dave went off to Beijing, I stayed obviously and worked with Corinne at Sky yeah, yeah. and built the business plan with him and the Sky team, um, as in the actual team at Sky as opposed to us. And, um, and yeah, by the end of 2008, we had a pretty cool business proposition. They decided they'd fund it. We were all in. We announced in February 2009. And then what happened with Brad? happened with Brad? But how was that then, though, when the full list of riders is signed for the first year and either Brad or Cav's there? That's got to be, like, shit, no? Well, we had... Well, Cav told us in... So I think he re-signed the 2008 tour with Stapleton. Yeah. And that was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do with this? But to be fair to Sky... Because that's what you pitched as well, isn't it? Yeah, but to be fair to Sky, they were pretty much like, look we're backing this because it's a British it's a great British success story potential and we recognise that what you're doing with the GB cycling team because the the whole genuine philosophy behind it was young British talent having to leave the Olympic programme to go and turn pro 
in teams where we couldn't necessarily guarantee the ethical standards, where we weren't sure what was going on, where we couldn't always get them back for track duty or for Olympic yeah. duty, it was a it was a tricky time trying to manage that because you guys were all yeah. on an upward trajectory. So I think Sky got the bigger picture and they were like, look, if you can't have Cav, who would you get? How would you get them? And it was, you know, yourself, Pete, people like that. And, um, and so they were still really supportive. And Scott Sunderland was involved in those days. So we had all kinds of mm. randomers on our rider site. Well, like, yeah, I was going to say list. that first rider list, there was a few <laughs> rogue signings there. Yeah. On the, if you look back at that first 25 guys or whatever, it was, it's just... The most Nuts, random, yeah, most random group. All right, there's a question then. Worst signing ever. Worst, worst <laughs> rider ever signed. Oh, see, I'd say the worst, the worst signing we ever did was Jonathan Tin and Locke. Yeah. Just because the damage it did to the team, and because it really made you realise how important the due diligence was, and yeah. actually looking not at why someone was doing so well, but looking at why they were doing badly was important as well. Yeah. And. Um, that was probably the worst signing to be fair because that was you know we yeah we should have known we should have known better we should have done more research we should have been more diligent a few of those French guys who signed early on were a bit <laughs> oh Nico was one of them wasn't he? that was quite a good one in the end but Calzati is it Calzati Calzati that dude Calzati, yeah, yeah. Like, who the hell was that guy I know like? who was he but we had like Serge Powell's that year didn't we yeah 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 he's still riding isn't he yeah, yeah. Serge yeah, we had... he went. To, I remember they going to that tour, and he was our climber, and he was in group out with me every day. <laughs> <laughs> but like he'd been injured or something, hadn't he? And then he yeah. kind of rushed back, and yeah. But yeah. we had Gero Heyman. We had such a random group. But yeah, Jonathan Tin locked the worst for sure. Yeah, obvious reasons. Um, so now here we are. The teams achieve so much. If you were to say, like when when a team achieves so much, mm-hmm. and you got people would say. Well, what's there left to do? What's there left to win? Obviously, there's so many races we haven't won, and like the classics. It's not that many. The classics <laughs> races, really. Classics, man. Yeah, the classics. Yeah, the for classics, sure. Man. Classics, man. Well, I think man. there's there's two stage races left to win that we haven't won. And it's down. I don't. Do you know what they are? No. So there's two <laughs> pro tour stage races that we haven't won. Well, tour. I gave pro half tour away. Ended like four years ago. Down under. And have we not won down under? No, no we've been podium so many times. Wow. Richie won it when he wasn't riding this for us. This is the year, Rowan Dennis, man, bring it home. Yeah, Rowan Creato. Yeah, we're gonna win it. Got, this this year. is gonna be the year, right? Uh, and then, oh God knows. You wouldn't guess. No, so. is it new world tour or old no. world tour? Old world tour race. Just give a country. Tell where it is. Spain. Right? Yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, one. yeah. Spain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only so many races in Spain. Pay Vasco? Yeah. Correct. Oh, boom. Boom. So, yeah. yeah, like, there's only two races we haven't won in terms of stage races. Yeah. What, so if you were to say, right, in five years' time, what the t- what you want the team to have achieved, what's it, what's it going to be? Um, so when we were looking for a new partner for Team Sky, mm. before we became Team Neos, we put together, a, we went and did some research about where do we sit in, like, global sport in terms of success and annual sporting achievement. And actually, when you look to the, like, so you look at the All Blacks, you look at Real Madrid, you know, Mercedes F1 and the Patriots, we're right up there in terms of, if you look at the biggest sporting events that take place annually in the in the world, so, you know, the Super Bowl and Champions League final and that kind of stuff, it kind of, we're, we're, we sit in that echelon. And I think for me, being there and staying there is a super motivating thing because mm. you kind of very easily forget, because cycling, I always feel like cycling is quite a small bubble. 
and you don't feel like you're a big sport. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're just in cycling. But actually, when you look at the Tour de France and how big that event is and how big a global impact it has, it's pretty cool. And so for me, I'm like, the Tour's brilliant, but being a team that can continue to win at the Tour and, and win across the board and doing that year in, year out, there's not many teams that can achieve that over a long period of time. Most have a glory decade, which hopefully ours will be two or three decades. Yeah. So right. is that what motivates you then? Is that why you stayed? Because I'm sure you had offers to go. Um, when Sky were pulling out, uh, it's not one. So I'm motivated by it because I like winning, but it's not the thing that keeps me here, and it's not the thing that got me here in the first place. I'm motivated by work, like genuinely, originally motivated by working with young talent, mm. and them not never having to be exposed to doping or anything like that. And equally, I wanted to make sure that I built a team that I would have wanted David to ride for, or I want my nephews to ride for. Yeah, and I think that genuinely motivates me because I think I love the sport I love watching a sport but I fucking hate what it did to a generation of young men mm. and so I think it's really cool to be able to have changed the face of something and whatever people's perception is and whatever they think of us I'm super proud of that as us as an organisation I think and you know you've got people like Carlos Rodriguez coming here and you're like he's mm. 19 years old he's Spanish and you, and you think with complete comfort that kid's going to achieve his potential here if yeah. he puts in and he does it the right way and he buys into what we do and how we do it. He needs it. to change his attitude though. Like last night was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> Froomey said he's got to do it every year until he actually finishes it. It was shambolic. <laughs> so just for just for the listeners, um, every year we have like a welcome drink initiation type thing. <laughs> welcome drink, yeah. For, for the new riders. And um, yeah, this year Dave wasn't too keen on doing it because we had the big boss, obviously Jim Radcliffe and his colleagues here. Yeah. So Dave was a bit, nah, 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 we'll, we'll give it a miss this year. And then, Basically, me, Luke, and Froomey were just like, nah, it's happening, isn't it's it? Tradition. It's, like, it's tradition. It's tradition. It's got to happen. It's like cancelling Christmas. Exactly, yeah. So, um, and then Bree's like, okay, but just give him a pint and that'll do. And we were like, oh, come on. Like, we were like, give him a pint. A, at least just a pint and a wine and a sparkling water so they're hydrated, Dave. And he bent his arm and he let us do it. But what Dave didn't know is we had three shots of vodka put into the pint as well. So someone was saying that to me today, and Froomey like flat denied that, like flat denied it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Did you spike that beer? He's like, no. You smell no. the pint. It's horrible. Why would well, I have been smelling the pint? Like, yeah, just to check, you know. It. So yeah, like that's Rodriguez. That. And anyway, Rodriguez. So there was five new signings. One there. There was Dennis, Here Ethan Hater, <laughs> uh, Carapaz, um, Brandon. Brendan Foster and and Carlos. this dude Carlos, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> and basically well what did he he, he drank the water first yeah, oh and there was five little chocolates on there yeah like stodgy ones just, Christmas, to, just to mess you up and yeah what did he do he he, he had the pint of water and he had, had the pint of water and then he had of the pint yeah he had, a, he had the pint of beer with the vodka in and the, and the wine the wine was untouched and there was about just the head was gone off the beer yeah. And he's 18, man. That's when you can drink 19. the fastest. So he ate, he ate five. Like, when you're 19, you can drink anything and you can drink it super fast. Yeah. It's like when you get older, that you tail off, don't you? Because you get a bit, you can't do it as good. So in the drinking challenge, he had five chocolates and a pint of sparkling water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. But then, again, haven't seen the state of Rowan Dennis afterwards. I think he might have made a wide choice. But Brandon Riviera, like fair play to that oh. guy. He was like spewing on the stage. <laughs> 
like he was stood there like sort of like squatting wasn't he and like his eyes were like wide open his mouth was clenched shut his eyes were like watering like the fear just like you could see the big boss Jim literally like five metres away from him absolutely like, cracked up. I am going to spew and I'm going to spew all over the big boss here oh it was amazing and then he had like half a, <laughs> half the wine left and we're talking like a big old glass of wine and he didn't want to do the forfeit so he just necked it and as soon as he necked it just projectile vomited <laughs> hit my shoe and my trousers that I'm still wearing actually oh, nice. they got to go through the wash but 10 out of 10 for it was a, it was a good welcome drink that one and other than Carlos but mm. yeah Carlos shop but yeah. you can learn a lot from riders there yeah I mean yeah. Carlos he knew he wasn't the biggest drinker he knew he was back against the wall but commitment also, to the cause it's like I say to free me it's like it's only you free me and Stannard you've never done that in no church, I did it did you yeah because I missed a few October camps oh, didn't sure. I on yeah, the trot so they made you do it yeah, so you some lame excuse for oh I've got another holiday oh, yeah. well no I sorry a... Fran I'm away again here's a picture of me with a pina colada <laughs> <laughs> honeymoon <laughs> you're also we've drinking got one pina colada in your life team. yeah true but um, yeah anyway moving on <laughs> so if uh, if you could meet Vast, we've start, we started to introduce this to most pod, most of them now, and I think it's, we'll keep it going. If you were to meet um, three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Like, sit down for a meal, you know? Yeah, I asked Fran this, actually, before. It was good, it was proper, I've never heard this answer, which is good. This was having dinner, though, wasn't it, you asked me? Is that yeah, what three, yeah, three people, dead or alive, you can have dinner with, um, yeah. So I said my brother, my best mate, and my brother's wife, because I have the most fun with them. That's a good answer. <laughs> Your brother? Yeah, my best mate, who's really good mates. My brother and has so my best mate. I've been went to school with us. I've been known her since I was sixteen. So most of the stuff I've done with my brother and my life, she's been at. Yeah. So we get on really well. And my sister-in-law's a boss. So and the four of us get on brilliantly. So it would be really nice. And we don't get to see each other very often because they both got three kids. My best mate's got three kids. My brother's got three kids. Yeah. So the chance so, of getting yeah. two t- childminders. I only live in Spain. And um, yeah, David lives in Spain. Lizzie lives in London. I live in Manchester. So yeah, I'd have those three. Wow. And what would you eat then? Starter, main and dessert? So Lizzie and I would always have Mexican. So nachos to start. It's like favourite. As in like if, if I could have any meal in the world. Yeah, yeah, Mexican. yeah. Bodge it together. Yeah. Jalapenos. Yeah. All over the spicy. Nice. Yeah. And then any kind of wrapped cheese based product for main. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Mexican food. It's not very fancy. Like this yeah, is a death row meal. Yeah, see, I don't. My idea of hell on earth is going to a really, really nice restaurant where there's like foam and fucking. You Jim Radcliffe said exactly the same. It's my idea of hell on earth, and it's yeah, my idea it. of hell on earth going and doing it with people I really love and have a brilliant time with because I'm loud. I like to get a bit drunk and Larry. Yeah, but and have put fun. it this way: if it was ten courses and you had matching wine, that's ten wines, and it's dragged out over like three hours. They don't love you doing that in restaurants like that, though, do they? They're not they? really into the mm-hmm. kind of Larry. Not Larry, but like, you know, it's like... Have You've got a private worry. room. Private room. Okay, a private dining room, I'd be all in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not a fan of them. I did it once in my life and like the food was amazing. But like with the wine pairing, it's literally like a shot of wine. So we then ordered, as with Kath, we then ordered a bottle of wine as well. Where did you go? Where was this? In Rome on my honeymoon. Ah. And the bottle of wine, like you put it too far away so I couldn't reach it. So I like we ran out of wine, so I just like. You got legs, couldn't you stand up? Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did. I got her, got the wine, and poured it. Yeah. And he came over, and he was not happy because I didn't. He didn't pour the wine, you know. Oh, God. I thought oh, that's too much. That. Yeah, he wasn't happy because I also, poured the wine. I also don't love that kind of gastronomic vibe. You know, it's like I'm more into food that you just enjoy and like 
But I just felt like they were all up their own ass. But yeah. Um, you have and dessert, dessert. Not really a dessert person. I'd probably have a cheese board. So I'd have a cheese, 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 effectively, but wrapped in different ways. I said cheese board for dessert as well. Yeah, what are your favourite cheese. cheese then? I like all cheese. Blue. Yeah. But your favourite though? Oh, if I had to have a cheese, mm, I'd probably go for a really good Stilton. Yes, me too. Stilton yeah. all the way. Yeah. You know, in a pot with a spoon. The dream. Oh, I've never done that. Have you not? What? I'll send you one for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Smelly. Simran favourites. What's your favourite Tour de France win? So, the, uh, this is a leading question, but I actually have a good answer to this one. Because, and I, Dave B is always like, you're not allowed to say who your favourites are. But I, having said why I got involved in this sport and why I wanted to do what I did with Team Sky, yours is my favourite because I'd worked with you your whole career. Yeah. So for me, it was like, it was almost like the completion of why I'd ever done it. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'd always said I want to come and set a team up where British talent can come from the very mm. beginning of their career. And Grant, I know you did three years at Barley World, but they didn't count. Yeah. And I'd known <laughs> from Revolution and the track and yeah, everything yeah. else. So I felt like it had been, out of all the hard complete work circle. and everything I'd done, it had been a complete circle. And it was, I literally remember the, like, the build up to it and you winning. And I mm. obviously was on messaging to Sarah and everything else. But getting to Paris and I, I like text Dave and I was like, right, because it's always a shit show in Paris. And I'm like running around with people and trying to get, you know, wives or whatever into various areas and all sorts of stuff and I said to Dave I'm not going to run around like a dickhead today I really want to just enjoy it and like watch yeah. do you win and, and it was yeah it was, it was by a million miles best day of my career well oh, oh, that's pretty cool sweet yeah, yeah. can I get a pay rise <laughs> you you've had enough pay rise. Rise. <laughs> yeah you do not need me you need to win some bike races now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah sweet I enjoyed it as well actually <laughs> what about yeah. you what's my favourite tour win yeah you're going to say through me now aren't you he loves Froomey. He always like I goes love after Froomey. Froomey. And I love Froomey. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Froomey, wins. but... And I loved his wins, and I, you know, I think what he has achieved is incredible. I think his Giro win is my favourite of his wins. That I was d- special. I, was oh, special. I, do, I, do, I do love Froomey. He's a good boy. <laughs> but, if, of course, if I was to say my favourite win, it was, it was the tour with you. Similar reason. Like, we grew up as kids and went yeah. round. Yeah. And then... He's uh, just saying that. On, um, <laughs> I did a podcast with Blythe, and he said, who do you want to win the tour next year? And I said Froome, because then Froome could have five in a row, and that'd be cool. Yeah. And he hasn't got long left, and, you know, G3 t- toys at the prime about that. I didn't speak to him for two months. No, yeah. but yeah, favourite tour win was the... And also that, when you won the tour, the whole summer after, like, oh, you celebrated that win well. <laughs> oh, we did. We did celebrate we did, that we? win well. Yeah. And, and you won the personality. <laughs> yeah, and no yeah, regrets yeah. that the rest of that season was shit, because it was oh. just good, wasn't it? It was good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, F- one final question. You've been around in the sport a while. Mm-hmm. What if you could make one change or a few changes, as many as you want? But what would you do to make the sport better? Good question. Um. So I spoke to Cycling Weekly about this. I think the, it has to start from the top. So I think we, I would probably look at how we could influence and change f- with the UCI. Because I think the way they do their rules, I think the way the sport's governed, I think the way decisions are made, like commissaring in races and how licences are given to races and all that kind of stuff, I just think it needs an overhaul. I think the sport's grown bigger than they've been able to police properly. Yeah. And so I think it needs a kind of rethink and a reset. It's like what level of race should be given world tour status? What kind of safety should be around that? What kind of, you know, how should they do it? How, how should the race organisers, what sort of implementation should they have to put in place? Mm. And I'd apply that to 
teams as well so to be a world tour team what do you actually have to do how do you do it and not just a box ticking exercise like they potentially might do now for some teams because uh-huh. it's you know you fill out forms and i'm not sure they come and actually ever check yeah so yeah i would i would definitely look at the whole governance of the sport also the structure as well like for sponsors like yeah there's a quick turnaround in there there's not many teams that sort of yeah like sky was one of the longest yeah i would think well, Ten I mean, years. yeah, I mean, Movie Star arguably is the longest because they've had yeah. case to Pan and everything else. But again, it's changed the sponsors. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I personally, I think it the whole sport needs an overhaul if they genuinely want to move it into yeah. like the twenty first century. Like hospitality, like yeah, yeah you can't, you yeah. can't do it. Like yeah. other than the tour, and even that's got not brilliant over the last few years. So I yeah. think it's, but I there's sort of it's such there's so many issues to fix. Like the calendar's yeah. crazy. Trying to explain to anyone how. We start in Australia and then there's UAE and then you come back to Europe and then there's the classics and then there's this Giro thing and then there's other... You know, it's like, what? Yeah. So you try to explain that to somebody who doesn't know about the sport. They've got no idea what's going on. It's hard isn't it, to balance like the history of it as well, though, I yeah. guess. You know, like okay. the classics are, you know, being around hundreds of years. Hundred yeah. of years. Hundred yeah. years. Hundred years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. So, uh, and then, but then you also want to take it new places. and Yeah. yeah. But, so one thing I think is really fucked up, and it's not like a massive thing, but... The, the contracts run from January the 1st. Oh, oh exactly don't bring this up thing. again. No, 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 I agree with we've you. Had, because we lobbied the UCI about it. It's ridiculous. They've said January the 1st because it's easy to say January the 1st because the year changes. Yeah. But, and I said this in a previous podcast, I think, somewhere along the line, but in what sport, like we're here now yeah, on yeah. our training camp in Mallorca yeah, um, as Team Ineos, yeah. but we've got guys in our bunch, Carapaz. in our training group, like Carapaz, yeah. training yeah. movie star. Yeah. Like imagine someone gets... Manchester United buy a player from Man City. Yeah. He goes on the training pitch and he's wearing his Man City kit. But the difference is they don't buy. We don't buy players, so we don't buy them. They we their contracts run. They finish their contracts. They come into. There's no transfer market. So could it not be a ten month? It could. Contract? Well, or it could be. Or it could run from October to October, right? So you could. October to October yeah. would be the best way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. So as soon as the season finishes, yeah. then you change your team. Yeah, I totally agree with you both. But the fact I'm retiring in about four years, I want to get paid till December thirty first. So I don't want it to change. But you'll still get paid for the 12 months, you dickhead. It'll just be the 12, no. the 12 months will just move. No, because at the moment, I'm going to be paid till December. <laughs> but we're going to change it. I'm going to get paid till October. So basically, you're... You know what I mean? Okay. You're missing... So, you should have been paid three months more at the start of your... That's why I like exactly, you. Yeah. What's going to be good for the sport and what's going to be good for Garrett Thomas. Exactly. <laughs> no, so we, can change it. we can change it in 2025. Sport's bigger than That's just fine. your your pockets. Well, you know, everyone's allowed to vote, mate. <laughs> <laughs> democracy yeah except it isn't with the UCI so there we go don't yeah. shoot me down I agree well with you, vote though. in 2-1 you lose okay Over. <laughs> but let's not change October it. to October <laughs> agreed right Fran thanks for your time you're very welcome you're a busy lady so thanks for giving us 30 minutes of your well earned time thank you thanks for having me boys